Jacqueline Wilson is gay. Right there, between the review section and the front page news. Jacqueline Wilson is gay. The cafe around me is quiet. Cups and spoons clinking a little in the hush. Jacqueline Wilson is gay. It's actually not the first time I've heard that. Though the first time it was from a boy kicking a book out of my hand while I sat by myself at lunch, quietly reading Girls in Love. Girls in Love? Primarily with boys. I quickly run through the titles I can remember in my head. Double Act, The Illustrated Mum, Secrets of Bad Girls, Midnight, Dustbin Baby, The Lottie Project, Diamond Girls, The Bed and Breakfast Star, How to Survive Summer Camp. In a Jacqueline Wilson book, you will typically find sleepovers, cinema trips, cool, older, shoplifting mentor types, abusive dads, depressed mums, self-harm, makeup, miniskirts, long curly locks versus one centimetre long stubble, silver jewellery, people pissing themselves, dares, death, coke, chocolate crisps, pizza, the social care system being shit, crushes on teachers, crushes on authors, crushes on mysterious strangers, bingeable bright covers in shades of pick and mix pink and blue, crinkles down the spine at all the sexy bits. A lot of extremely intense female friendships, but at least from the titles I can remember, no queer female characters. My phone buzzes. It's Eve. Her text reads, Do you think if this had been around in 2009, we'd be big on queer TikTok? I think I'd be big on queer TikTok. <laughs> the video was a speeded up shot of a girl eye-fucking the camera and dancing to a Haley Kiyoko song. I laugh and text back. It's not too late. I turn back to the article. It says Wilson never wrote gay characters in the past because she wanted to write about children with problems and she didn't see any problem with being gay. I'm glad she chose not to write another story about someone being bullied for being gay or a teenager getting kicked out of their family home for being gay or a young adult dying a tragic early death because they're gay but I still feel sort of cheated there was a joy in those stories too there was love couldn't we have had just one gay female love one gay female crush I stare at a headshot an image I know well from the book jacket the short silver hair, the many turquoise rings. Part of me wants to read back through every single female friendship in those books for traces of sexual tension. Daisy and Chloe, Gemma and Alice, Tracy and Justine. I know that's not the reaction I should be having, but I just have questions. I get up to go to the toilet, but... Before I do, I catch sight of something out of the corner of my eye. A flash of turquoise, a flash of turquoise attached to a silver ring, attached to a slender hand, attached to a... I freeze. It's her! The real, bloody, actual Jacqueline Wilson stood about two metres away from me, outside the cafe window, not 
not stood, actually moving, walking down the street till she's out of frame completely, but it was definitely her. I realise I'm stood motionless in the middle of the cafe floor and people are looking. I should explain, but no one else will care. I drop some cash on the table and bolt outside. So now, I'm following her. She turns a corner past a post office and a Greg's and I turn with her. We're on a busy high street and I'm five shops behind, power walking to keep up. What's the plan here, Nina? What exactly are you going to say? First apologies? Yeah, apologies first. Hi. Hi. I'm so sorry to bother you, but I'm actually a huge fan and I wanted to congratulate you on your new title. I did want to ask though, uh, why only now? You're writing your first queer female love story. Not That's not to say you should have to. I know it's already a huge problem. Audiences reading female writers' personal life experiences into their own work, like they can't have an imagination, like they can't write about whatever they fucking want to, but... Okay, maybe not that. Maybe something more... personal. Maybe... I just... I just feel like... I was always in the kinds of friendships with girls that are in your books. Where you just... love and... idolise your friends so much and you see them as this... better, more wanted, more desirable version of you. And at the time you thought that you just wanted to be them, but now you think maybe you actually also wanted to be with them. But there was no context for that and you were just so obsessed with trying not to be disgusting to the boys kicking girls in love out of your hands at lunch. Trying not to get ranked the lowest for looks at house party drinking games. Trying to get your first kiss out of the way, because ironically, that was the way to acceptance with the other girls, but... Okay, maybe that's too personal. It was a long time ago, and you can't hold her fiction personally responsible for the way the patriarchy trashes everyone's mental health, but... I mean, I'm fine now. <laughs> I just I just wish I'd known then that fancying men didn't overrule my fancying women. I wish I hadn't spent so much time feeling so shit about myself. <laughs> I wish I'd acted on my feelings more, especially with girls. And I wonder if I would have, if there'd just been more examples of that in the stuff I was reading and watching. I mean, for you and your generation, it was obviously even worse. I know, of course, and there's a million other reasons why you might choose to write what you choose to write about that I'll never have any idea about. But I just wish for both of us that we'd come up in a landscape where the Tracys and Justines of the paperback world got together, had amazing sex and fought the shittiness of life as a unit. I mean, I guess that's what you're doing right now. That's what's probably in this new book. We've reached a juncture in the road where I could actually catch up with her. She's on a traffic island. One green light away. And I think... I actually don't need to say any of this. I walk away. And as I do, I open an independent publisher's page to pre-order a copy of her new book. We need more of this.
Hello, um, I'm Anushka Chakravarti. I'm the director of Jacqueline Wilson is Gay, which is the monologue that you just heard. Um, we're here today to just have a little chat about the monologue. So I'm joined by Lee Lauren, who is the writer, and also Laura Rea, who performed the monologue. So I'm just going to kick us off with a general question about sort of the theme of this of this series one of the Cake podcast. Um, Lee, why don't you start us off? I just want to ask you sort of what, at this time in your life, um, what like the theme of growth means to you? Um, well, uh, I, I can't lie. When it was um, first suggested uh, as the kind of theme for the Cake Theatre podcast, uh, the thing that kind of immediately sprang to mind when I hear growth is like quite sort of Instagram influencer, like positive affirmation motivational poster <laughs> oh, style yes. stuff yes. and I'm just because I am just like just like sadly naturally cynical in my bones I think I was kind of like I want to go for something that's a little bit more complex like a little bit more like bittersweet maybe um as I feel like I'm kind of like growth for me personally right now is um I feel like I'm at a point in life where I'm a lot happier than I might have been in the past mm. but at the same time um and and maybe actually just looking back at less happy times in the past and uh, and just, you know, having that thought that I think a lot of people do where you're like, oh, I wish I could reach back to myself and tell you not to worry about all of those things. Mm, and, yeah. you know, should probably be doing that to myself now as well and being like, don't worry about all the things you're currently worrying about. Um, but yeah, <laughs> I think that's probably, that's, that's growth for me right now and potentially in this monologue as well. <laughs> <laughs> Laura, how about you? Yeah, I definitely identify with that idea of reaching back and being like, stop worrying about that. Just, mm. you know, things will be fine. Um, I think for me, at this time in my life, growth is definitely about uh, those milestones, like those milestones that you are in whatever way meant to hit that maybe you haven't hit yet or you have hit, but you're not happy about hitting. Um I think growth is very complicated for me at the moment, but something that I've definitely noticed throughout this last period, living with COVID, living through the different lockdowns that we've had, is how much um, growth is linked to acceptance for me. And uh, yeah, that, that idea of having to sometimes allow things to go a pace that maybe you're uncomfortable with whether it's too fast or too slow and just accepting that things have their own spot in life have their own journey that's definitely something that I've had to grow through I think in the last sort of year <laughs> yeah I think that kind of perfectly brings us on to Nina and mm. like where she is um at the point that we encounter her I suppose um and Lee, I just want to ask you, like, what the inspiration was for Nina and this story and whether this is a story you've been thinking about for a while or if it's something that is new to you. Um, yeah, so I should say, I mean, this is prompted by a kind of real life happening, which is the kind of... Um, there was in fact a kind of newspaper article interview of Jacqueline Wilson um where she came out as gay 
and um, kind of in celebration of this sort of forthcoming queer female love story um, called Love Frankie, which is really exciting. I think it's, you know, it's been out for a while now. Um, but I think, you know, it, this monologue kind of sprang from, I guess, the kind of mixed feelings that I had reading that article because on the one hand it's like fantastic amazing news and you know such a joy that kind of now we're seeing more um kind of queer love stories especially in kind of young adult and sort of children's fiction um but you I guess there is also this kind of little slight nag of sadness where you're like oh I wish it had been that way when I was younger um Mm -hmm. and I think you know that's the feeling that this story stems from you know it's this it's this character who's you know read this article as having those similar kind of feelings and then is kind of suddenly pulled back to kind of her past and I guess the yeah the the ways in which her her desires were sort of secondary to the kind of way that she was being sort of generally socialized just growing up as a girl in a in a school in a certain time um reading a lot of pastel covered books (laughs) (laughs) Pastel coloured, even. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like, I mean, we spoke. The three of us spoke about this a lot while we were rehearsing the piece. But sort of the idea that the three of us are especially kind of the generation that was almost raised on Jacqueline Wilson. Like a lot of, a lot of my formative sort of girlhood slash womanhood years were sort of pretty heavily influenced by her writing, and to sort of reckon with that as an adult is something that's interesting and I think your feelings change about it as you grow Laura there's like absolutely there's so much nostalgia I guess in this so much nostalgia how did you find that (laughs) in a a, like a performance context it was really um it was very satisfying in a performance context to reflect on those really nostalgic moments the chunks where she's um talking about what a Jacqueline Wilson book usually has in it and as I'm working my way through I'm thinking like oh god this resonates so loudly with um all of those things that would just stick out so clearly for me about about those stories about those things that kind of make up your your life at that time um you know that there's a bit about dye and hair and mini skirts and those really stick out for me because I remember thinking well when do I get to wear a mini skirt or <laughs> you know like when am I allowed to wear a mini skirt when am I allowed to dye my hair um it's it's all of those themes that are very accessible by I think um female identifying people of our age actually um because as you say Nushka we've grown up with it Mm. And it was a lot of fun to be able to play with those and to be able to kind of bring those to life. Because yeah. for me, overall, the monologue really felt like something from one of her books. Like, it's pulled straight out of, yeah. of one of those stories. Because totally. it's, it's it's something that you could expect to happen on one of those wild adventures that one of her characters goes on. So it was really lovely to be able to indulge in that behavior as well yes absolutely I feel like I can almost see like the cartoon of you like running down the street chasing after her yeah um and I suppose like the like what you're saying is so true that it is so it does take you back to those experiences of reading her books and it resonates super loudly but I guess one of like the main feature of 
of Lee's story is that like it felt like there was a big chunk of the writer herself that was left out of her work that sort of mm-hmm. and we spoke a lot about like and I mean like Nina talks about it as well the like the fact that you know what do we owe to our audiences like do we have to do women have to include every single part of themselves in their work mm-hmm. like why is that expected of us um but you know like these are conversations that would have done so much for so many communities um 20 15 20 years ago and I'm wondering Lee like what are your thoughts on the impact of of this at this time specifically mm. yeah I think I guess maybe a, a bit of a worry that I had about about this piece was that I didn't want to sort of hold Jacqueline Wilk- Wilson like solely accountable for the yeah. kind of absence <laughs> of um of you know of any queer, kind of queer narrative yeah exactly yes. at, at that landscape at that time because you know it's it was it was very much like part and parcel of the time and also you know it's it's kind of it's not as if her books existed in a vacuum either there were all these other you know I'm kind of thinking of like Princess Diaries, Ali's World, like um the sort of uh the georgia nicholson can't quite remember uh, yeah, those songs ones, yeah songs perfect snogging all of those ones yeah. you know it kind of it all kind of created this sort of world together um and yeah and i i, I did want to get the sort of conflict um that nina might be feeling across when she kind of has that reaction where she's like oh you know i feel a bit like a bit you know i feel i mean the word that she uses is cheated i feel like i i feel like i wish that these characters had been there but i i wanted her to also to to get that conflict in where you know she knows herself that um you know we shouldn't expect kind of uh well let me phrase it a different way so I think I think there is a kind of big expectation um put on kind of women authors and women's writing experiences um sorry women's writing specifically to kind of reflect their personal experiences really closely which I think does stem from quite Mm -hmm. you know quite a sort of entrenched sexist misogynistic place um so yeah I wanted to have the character sort of acknowledge that a little bit even as you know she's having her own feelings of being like oh I wish that you'd been able to put that in there you know I don't think that female authors should should have to write about their their personal experiences at all and you know there's so much that we don't know about kind of uh all the everything behind all of Jacqueline Wilson's work you know I think it it should have a much more in-depth analysis outside of this piece because this is just a little vignette of a little reader's experience, I think. Yeah. And also I suppose that I think there's like magic in the mystery, isn't there, of like not of not having the the whole piece of the cake to to refer back to ourselves. Um, <laughs> Bring it back to the cake. <laughs> um kind of a last question to to finish us up. Um, how do you think that a story like this will impact, not impact, but sort of influence sort of maybe a generation of girls or boys or anyone listening to this um, in sort of, if, like say these people are in the same position that we were when we started reading Jacqueline Wilson books. Um, this this is a question to both of you. How do you think this, something like this might inspire slash influence, you know, the up and coming teens of our world <laughs> oh. um well I really hope that um you know it kind of I think there's a really strong current at the moment of um of sort of writers and readers and listeners and everyone kind of asking for more sort of queer utopias and more sort of positive 
queer love mm-hmm. stories. Um, I mean, yeah, there is a kind of point in this in the monologue where she, you know, she says like, I'm, I'm, I'm glad it, you know, at least it's not another queer tragedy. Essentially, that you know, she, it, it there's, you know, it, even though it, it's terrible that there's an absence, at least it's not, yeah, a, another story where a queer person really suffers. Um, so yeah, so I really hope that we kind of um, find ways to explore and kind of bring, give happier stories to um, queer characters. And I think, you know, I think that we're starting to see a lot more of that. So I think, yeah, it's an exciting time to live in. And I think that's the conclusion that she comes to, you know, ultimately it's like, we want to buy these books. We want to encourage this. We want more people doing this. So yeah, so I hope that that, that this adds to that. Yeah, definitely. And I think... Um just kind of going off that I think what is great about this monologue is it really validates that voice and it validates those feelings of feeling so torn like you said before Lee about feeling cheated out of something but also recognizing that maybe you're not owed that part of somebody um I think that is something that is really interesting at the moment is actually how much of somebody are you owed if they're an artist if they're a politician if they are um in the spotlight in whatever way uh how much of them are you owed and entitled to i think it's quite quite an interesting thought and i would hope that the piece yeah exactly provides um inspiration for more happy queer themes (laughs) happy queer stories happy queer characters you know um rather than, as you say, Lee, these kind of tragedies, which are incredibly valid, but I think they cut out a lot of experience and a lot of voice. And yeah, I just hope that this monologue gives a voice to to that. Absolutely. Thank you both so much for your time. This was fantastic. And thank you to our audience for listening. Um, make sure you check out the other monologues in this cake podcast series thanks so much bye